From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Should we wait? Oh, oh, he's back. Oh, there he is. Hi. Welcome in. Hour number two. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring you in. Jonathan Swindle, Bill George. That is really wild. Damn it, cricket. That was really loud. It was really loud. Really loud. And, uh, and of course, Diego over in the other room. I made it back before my mic came on. Uh, we were uh, discussing <laughs> my my uh, trip a little bit while you were out of the room, and they're talking with Diego. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the reason why I wasn't here for the past uh, couple of shows is me and the kids uh, jumped in the uh, Ford Road and, trip. and headed out. Got out the first night, drove from St. Pete all the way to New Orleans. As soon as we got there, we were ahead of everybody else, so I immediately took my children down to the river. We walked down Canal. We were staying at the uh, Roosevelt right there, right off of Canal, and uh, that's where we used to stay with the Buccaneers when we would travel there to go face the New Orleans Saints. And so I said, I'm going to go ahead and nip this in the bud while we're here, and they're still a little kind of punchy from the road and all that stuff, so we walked down. All the way down past Harris, down by the river, went over to Jack Square, then over to Jackson Square, and then I made him walk back up Bourbon Street. And uh, by the time we were from the end of uh, where Jean Lafitte's uh, bar is there, all the way back up to the end of Bourbon Street, my children didn't want anything to do with Bourbon Street. I was like, yes, we don't have to come back here. <laughs> awesome! We do not have to come back to Bourbon Street, but we did two days later to go to Acme Oyster. But anyway, that's off of Bourbon. But anyway, we uh, went from there. We stayed there for a few days, went to go see um, uh, a sandwich guy there in town. He's right off of St. Charles. It's uh, Mike Serios, uh, Subs. It's been there forever. Uh, he's a big LSU supporter and a big uh, fan. And, of course, his name, the reason why we found him is – our producer that used to travel with the Bucks that used to be back in the studio, his name was Mike Serio. So we found this place, Mike Serio's, and we went in there. And, of course, he's got great sandwiches. And so every time we were there, we'd always go over there and get a, a pressed muffalata, a smaller one. looks like yeah. a Cuban. And then uh, walked down the end of St. Charles, jumped on a trolley, took uh, my daughter and my kids through uptown, through the Garden District and everything. You know, my daughter wanted to see all the beautiful homes and everything through there. So... Um, she got to sign the LSU Tiger, which I thought would piss off every Gator fan ever alive or anything, but they're not even in the same stuff. So anyway, but we had a good time. And Gator then after fans that, aren't what? what? Uh, you know, LSU Gators, you know, always, yeah. you know, thinking they're what? the greatest I've been to national championship. Okay. So, uh, after the New Orleans, uh, food fest, oh my gosh, we decided to uh, you gain about 15 pounds. Really? Seriously? Not more than that. And so we went to uh, Homa, Homa, Louisiana, where my cousin Chantel lives out there. And so we decided to go the back way. So we went down through some of the backy, homey, you know, uh, scary places. Uh, 
and we were driving on these basically their levees with water on either side and yeah. two lane road. And I was telling Jonathan, you get about maybe a foot of median. If you don't make a correction when that tire goes off the road, you're swimming. I mean, uh, it's pretty much bada boom, bada bing, you're caboosh. And my son was sitting there in his own thoughts, and we're driving along listening to some Cajun station. And he says, Dad, I just noticed something. You know, when we're driving around in Florida, you see all these dead uh, possums and raccoons and the occasional hog and deer on the side of the road. He said, you notice on the side of this road, there's nothing but dead alligators. <laughs> it was like alligators from anywhere from three foot down to six inches. They were like constantly, they were being run over, I guess, trying to, you know, going across the road. And uh, blah, 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 it was no big deal. There were thousands of them along that stretch of road. Well, how many trees and bushes and that were on the, either side of the levee? Uh, none. I mean, uh, you okay. have you have water. You know, yeah. it, it's like Alligator Alley. Yeah. I mean, it's basically you know, you get off the road. There's water. Then there's trees. You know, then there's cypress and and things like that. So, uh, I guess so that way when you run off the road, you just hit water and not trees. But uh, it was interesting to see the Wait. change. Uh, the from dead raccoons to dead alligators all over the place. Well, you know, Jeff, with one and done feeders, what he tells me, there's one thing that you have to, as a Louisiana resident, keep in your vehicle at all times. A grill? A Throw life, away. A life jacket. A life well, yeah, I guess so. Uh and some some of those roads are pretty sketchy. I mean, you're looking at uh, you know, water basically. Seriously, you drive off the road, boom, you're in, you're underwater. Well, we had a good time, went up to Homa and got uh, chased out by the rain, then headed up to Mansfield, Shreveport area, up in the Piney Woods up areas up there. It was beautiful. You went to the big city. Went up there when my kids are just amazed by these things called hills where, you know, the road goes up and goes back down and curves around and goes up a bend and goes over another hill. <laughs> it's like, it was like, this is so wild. The only time we ever see this is when you're going over an overpass. Yeah. <laughs> And we had a few of those in Pennsylvania. At one point, I had to tell my wife, I said, do not watch your phone and play on your phone when we're on this road because it was the, the old backcountry road. There's nothing straight about it, and there's no nothing that's level on it at all. Yeah, Not and you need to pay attention blue. because stuff comes well, running from the side. You come around a curve, and all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, but, but uh, the Bambi is, standing in the get, road. You'll get sick. You'll get sick sitting there. You're staring at your phone and all that jostling. It it just it's like getting seasick out on a boat. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, no, I know Leslie, uh, my wife. Uh, when we did the Pacific Coast Highway, uh, we were in a jeep, and you know how kind of bumpy yeah. and you know the body sway and all that stuff. If she wasn't driving, we we could go maybe. 10, 20 miles before we had to pull over and take pictures, air quotes, you know, just so get out of the car for a while, clear her head, do all that stuff, unless she was driving, because then she's paying attention. But if she's sitting over there, you know, sloshing back and forth, yeah, yeah, it was like, no, Uh, pull pull over, this looks pretty, let's take some pictures of those rocks. And (laughs) here in Florida, I always enjoyed the old route through Brooksville took me up over a hill and down around a bend, and it was I always enjoyed that one little turn and bend and hoop. And oh, going the back way away from the interstate. Yeah, they yeah. they turn around on forty one. Now it's a slightly different route. It kind of it's not quite the same as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was a great adventure, and I as I told Jonathan during the break, um, 
Uh, I saw only one deer the entire time, a dead one on the side of the road. And then trust me, I was I saw more turkeys than I saw deer. Well, Pennsylvania's uh, loaded with dead deer. This time of year, they uh, oh yeah, they're still moving like that. Oh yeah, you know you only get the warnings like uh, October, November. This is the time to watch out for deer. Listen, you know they're going to be running and chasing each other because it's mating season. <laughs> I, I almost whacked one myself. Uh, we were we were trying to go see a friend, and all of a sudden one came out. I swerved, didn't leave the road, but the thing come and actually fell down on the asphalt because it was trying to move so much. Exactly. Fell down, and I'm looking in my side view mirrors. It's trying to get up and get back on its feet, and then it walks straight back to where it was going to. Sure, why not? I did that in uh, in Iowa. I'm Came around now. the curve, and there was a giant eight-point standing there. I stomped on the gas. I stomped on the gas, aimed the car right to it, unless he's going, don't, don't hit it. And I was like, I'm taking this sucker out. And, man, his feet were going on that icy road. He couldn't go anywhere. Looked like Roadrunner. I didn't hit him, by the way. It is, uh... A little time to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. Braden Johnson, Bill George. Uh, we're going to give away some more tickets in a little while, so keep listening to the uh, expo out in Lakeland. Uh, if you want to get a chance to win them, then you got to keep on listening. We'll be back. Big and Wild Outdoors, thank you so much for joining us on this lovely, uh, steamy Saturday morning. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget that this weekend, 4th of July, please be extremely careful. Just know in your heart that there are going to be two things in Tampa Bay that you need to be uh, looking out for. One is uh, red tide, and the other one is dry water. Oh, Lord. Mm. That's right. FWC announced starting yesterday... July 2nd, Operation Dry Water is going to be happening in full force in the uh, Tampa Bay area. So if you're going to be out there planning on doing a little uh, libation sharing while you're out on the water. Have a designated driver. Then be fully prepared to be boarded. And uh, perhaps a sobriety test will be in order. And let's hope you're not one of the many who will be t- given issued a ticket. And if everybody in the boat is drunk, then guess what? You don't get to drive it back. You got you got to find somebody like Seto uh, or somebody like that to come and strap on and pull your booty over, and uh, you know, charge you a small fortune to you know, get you know, to where you're going. Maybe maybe we could offer a service. Maybe maybe we ought to get a few people to go out there. We'll we'll load them up on boats. Go over there to. Uh, Trash can or beer can island? What do you, what do you call that? I yeah, beer can beer island. Beer can yeah, island. Yeah, there's and we'll sit there and say, you know, forty bucks. We'll drive your boat back to the ramp for you. Sure. You know, yeah. We, we be like de- an Uber we, type we of guy. Are coming around with designated drivers. Yeah, we can we do can, that. We can even schedule a pickup. Be like a be like a boating Uber. That'd be the way to do. It. Or if, if you have started to drink and you don't want to stop early enough. <laughs> Give us a call. We'll come get you. Yeah, so you can get in your car and drive home. 
Or as the commercial says, <laughs> buzz like, driving is drunk driving. Yeah, why not just uh, continue it, the service all the way uh, to maybe all the way to the house? Well, there's other people who offer that service. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, you could also uh, maybe uh, take a nice tiki tour. You could uh, boat, uh, get the boat out of our uh, buddies down there. Uh, Dave Travis, his son out there, has got his little service where they take you out. It's a floating little uh, libation station, and you can go out and do what you want to do. Uh, uh, rent it for the day and uh, do what you go out and have some fun, I guess. And the, and there are people need to take that serious. You know, a lot of times people do not see drinking and boating as bad as drinking and putting a car on the road, but there are plenty of accidents every year directly contributed to drinking you, and boating. You can turn to me, it's, and I remember this in jury duty one day because when I went to jury duty, they put me in a, the case that I was there possibly for a juror for was a DUI manslaughter case and i'm sorry to me it's just like a firearm or it's just like any like us talk about shooting in the air or doing anything like that that's your responsibility to be the one that should know that you know that vessel can turn into a weapon just as fast if you don't know what you're doing well now here's the interesting thing last year in uh 2020 even under the covid uh that we were going under in July 2020, uh, nine people died in the month of July from boating accidents, and 53 people were injured due to uh, BUI-related boating accidents, and that was only in one month during COVID. So now that we're out of it and all that kind of good stuff, it's going to be a little bit different. Now, one thing that probably is not really listed on here, but we uh, did some investigative reporting back in the day, uh, don't forget that BUI also not only includes, uh, you know, fruity little uh, drinks or hard seltzers, it also includes uh, pharmaceuticals and uh, marijuana. Yeah, it's so not it, called drunk driving. It's boating it's, yeah, under it's the boating influence. Under influence. And now, now here's, the, here's the interesting thing. Now, I, I had this conversation not only with uh, FWC, also a couple of uh, – Schools and also the United States Coast Guard. Now, here's something interesting that you may not know. Bill George, you got yourself a marijuana card. Congratulations, you're all good. Yeah. So you get out on the boat and you decide that it's time for you to self-medicate that you get to prescribe because, you know, you have the right to do that. Right? Okay. So you're out on the boat and you're hanging out and you're in state waters and you're out there smoking it up and having a good old time. FWC rolls up, Sheriff's Department, anybody you want to name to, you go right ahead and uh, they check you out. They see your little marijuana card. You have your little thing. They'll let you go. Everything's all good. Until, guess what? You better not be driving the boat. Well, not only are you not driving the boat, but if you go into federal waters, federal waters under Coast Guard jurisdiction. Well, Coast Guard could be in state waters. If you're in federal waters and you have your marijuana card, it don't mean squat. You have marijuana on your boat. It's against federal law. So you will end up 
on the uh, strong arm of the law because now they can actually charge you uh, federally instead of statewide. So if you now we think about this, you start off here on Wheaton Island and you go like, hey, man, let's run over over to uh, Beer Can Island it's across the way. Well, as long as it's like it, the invisible line, who has jurisdiction over the ship channel? That would be the Coast Guard. That would be the Coast Guard. So when you cross that invisible line, you're actually in federal water under federal jurisdiction there for just a moment or two to get to the other side. So if the Coast Guard was as sneaky as some of the other law enforcement agencies and they're watching you with those big ginormous uh, binoculars and you're over there smoking it up and doing your thing and as soon as you cross the invisible line, they decide to pull you over. Now you're uh, now you're under federal law and not under state law. Does that also apply to anybody going to one of the like place like Everglades where it could you be turn an, around? And it could be in a federal pr- park. If it's a federally, if it's run by the feds, it's a totally different thing. If it's run by the state, I don't know. But you know what? It's like with anything; it's up to the officer's discretion. discretion. So uh, they may be in a good mood or they may be in a bad mood. If it's Bill George and he has. Uh, I don't know what the going carry weight is. So <laughs> you have a couple of joints on you, you know, then you're, they'll probably go. But, you know, if you got 20 people on a ginormous uh, pontoon boat and you got uh, two pounds of pot on there, they may go, oh, this looks like distribution to me. And what do you think there, uh, Captain Johnson? Yeah, well, I think so too. You're in federal waters. Where are you coming from Where are you there, coming buddy? from? Where are you going with this two pounds of marijuana? Uh, well, I'm just going over to Beer Can Island. To do what? To sell? To distribute? What are you going to do with that? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to take you somewhere and go talk for more. Hmm. Why don't you get off of your boat? It was an interesting boat. thing, and the reason why that concept came up is because there was an individual who was thinking about doing marijuana tours out on a boat. And they all said, that's all well and good, as long as you don't go into federal waters. Because as soon as you do, boom, Coast Guard comes and hammers you. <laughs> so it's like, crap. So how do I know? And as a driver, if you're on a boat, and that is, I was just thinking, if, if you're on a boat, how, how do you not end up turning around being downwind of that and not end up being uh, getting a little effect yourself? You mean like a contact type thing in my hopper? Yeah. I, I could see where you could have that discussion. Sure, why not? Depends on if, uh, if they're on the front of the boat. Uh, I would think as a captain, you're like, hey, man, I don't want none of that stuff on me. Go smoke that stuff on the back of the boat, you know, next to the exhaust. <laughs> Get back there with that two strokes coming out of there, and that way I don't have to worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Different kind of smoke. Yeah, different kind of smoke. Uh, go out there and get yourself a little carbon monoxide type thing at the same time. Uh, you want to go to Bill or you want to wait? After. What's, what's Diego saying? What? What is it? Oh, after. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. He didn't play any music or anything, so I was just asking question did you even hear what i said <laughs> no he's not paying attention he's fucking he's no. in another world you know he used to wear his headphones he used to be so clean shaven with short hair wears church shoes every saturday now look at him he's just gone to wasteland it's that covid i blame covid <laughs> rolls out of bed pajama bottoms one shoe on one sock on Diego, come on, man. Just getting back. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Bill from Pork Gannick Barbecue. He's probably got something pretty cool coming up. Otherwise, he wouldn't be calling. Tasty. Tasty and delicious. We are the Big and Wild. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, Mega Wild Outdoors. Bring on Bill George, Sean Swindle, and Diego, and Bill Burkett. On, One of my favorite people to talk to. On the phone, on the telephone. Oh, big boy, what are you doing? Hey, it's Drasvutsie, guys. What's going on? Hey, it's all good. What are you doing? It smells delicious where you are. Well, that's uh, it's funny you say that because I yeah I got to get started on a pork butt here in about ninety minutes or so. But uh, yeah, it's a little uh, little research and development over at the house this morning. Hey, I love that. Did, I don't know if you caught the show last week, but uh, our friend uh, from Smoking Aces called in. Oh my! Oh, and then no. Robert. And I turned yeah. around and I was giving him heck that he no longer makes a meatloaf after you started making a meatloaf. That his meatloaf just got seemed kicked to off the hill. And never, I sat there and said, man, I guess you can't hang anymore. You just can't compete. You, you got to give it up. You know, Bill Burkett got you beat. You know, trying to, because I did enjoy his meatloaf a lot, but, you know. Yeah. He it, it was, it. yeah, it was good. His, I, I'll tell you what, though, Robert. First of all, Robert is one of my favorite people, and he is the first guy that I always try to find when I'm when we're out competing against each other. He is always the first guy that I go try to find, and then usually I'll try to steal something from his site while he's not looking. Sure, <laughs> why not? You're not yeah. stealing; yeah. you're borrowing. Well, yeah, exactly. Learning from the best. I'm still a little. Well, yeah. I'm I'm still a little miffed at Robert. I got to tell you, is uh, you know I I heard all this promise about how this big and wild sauce was going to be coming into fruition. And uh, he teased me with uh, one mason jar of it, and I think there's like two tablespoons of it left in there, and I'm afraid to use it because I know that's it. I'll never get another another yeah. one. And he yeah. needs he needs uh, to start making some more because that stuff was hot, spicy, good, and delicious. Well, that's a, that's good. Uh, that's good to know because I'm working on a whiskey glaze right now for chicken, and uh, I've about I've about got it down. I'm just trying to figure out which whiskey because I don't want to use. You know, really good whiskey, but I also don't want to use the uh, Laughing Clown malt liquor whiskey either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, you know, or the uh, the Costco whiskey. But uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still working on a recipe for that right now. And uh, so now that I know that you guys are sauce aficionados, which I, I probably already knew that, um, I'll have to bring some next time I come and see you guys. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm always hey, ready for a new adventure. Hey, hey, hey yeah. Bill, I got a question for you real quick. Uh, yeah. Let's just say that maybe I'm probably going to get my hands on some uh, Axis deer meat here in the very near future. Mm. Um, uh, how about we corroborate on some uh, recipes? Could that, uh, that sounds great. Could, could that go into meatloaf? Why would you uh, put have that to, in have meatloaf? To have a, yeah, I mean, you'll have to have a pretty substantial fat content in there. Why would you um, not? <laughs> you ever had it? But uh, <laughs> I would not smoke it. That's that's one or at least not any of the uh, the prime cuts, just because it, it just has no fat on it. Okay. Um, and yeah, because I've I've tried to smoke a deer leg for a guy, and uh, it, it 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 did not turn out. It turned out like jerky, quite frankly. Yeah, it usually does. If you uh, especially axis deer, uh, it's a red meat. It's a it's a very very super lean meat. It's almost like elk meat, and yeah, I mean literally, it needs to just lay on the grill for about a minute and a half on each side, and then that's pretty much it. You're done. Uh, no, but we, yeah, uh, yeah, Jonathan, we can we, we can certainly. I've, I've got some uh, I've got some deer recipes and stuff, and uh, as you do, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, we we can certainly do uh, do that. 
And uh, I'm sure that I've got some uh, items at the house, too, we can uh, do uh, a trade with. I might, hopefully. <laughs> I might be, be able to get you a hammer, uh, too, is I want to say. Okay. No, that's that's good. Yeah, I'll, uh, well, hopefully I'll be coming into some gator here in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, welcome into meat trade here on 1010. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Now, what are, yeah. you, what are you doing the butt for? Is it really seriously just for research purposes, or are you actually cooking something for something? No, it's 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 for a for a Fourth of July uh, gathering that I'm uh, we're going to later this afternoon with a bunch of other uh, retired army guys and um, and of course there'll be fireworks there so that'll be good nice um, but um, the, a couple of weeks ago I uh, I have a Dutch oven at the, at the house a cast iron it's a six gallon Dutch oven it's it's massive and uh, I uh, I was going to dig a hole and put it in the back. Uh, you know, in the backyard and dig a hole. May not work right now and... with the water content. What's that? May not work real well right now with the water content. Yeah, it, exactly. It, well, now it won't. Yeah, this was a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, well, you know, there's two things with digging a hole in the back. Well, really three was one, I didn't want to call the, the folks that you have to call before you dig, which let me just caveat it by saying I wasn't going to dig the hole. I have three boys. Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's not me digging a hole. That's here. me just going here. Go go dig this hole, and uh, you know throwing you know coke cans at them while they're doing it. But uh, sure. anyway, um, number two, I think our HOA would probably tar and feather me if I dug a hole in our backyard. And then three was my wife um, was very strong worded in telling me that she didn't want a hole dug in her backyard. Well, you know, if you cut the cut the sod out and uh, yeah. you know move it to the side and keep it moist, and you know you can put no, it back. No, here you go. Done. Go I mean, to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get the stones and make you a. Sure. You're making a fire, fire pit. pit. It's a fire pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah it really is. And so, uh, short of that, I just put the uh, coals on top uh, of some concrete or some uh, some concrete slabs that I have out back, and uh, put the uh, put some hot coals underneath it and on top of the um, lid. And, uh, I mean, it was done in about six and a half hours. And I tell you what, that was, a that was something else right there was, was that thing. So I'll probably, uh, your wife, after she tasted it, your wife was like, okay, you could dig a hole. Yeah. You can, you can go burn something yeah, in the that, grass. That did, that did. Well, yes, it did strength, strengthen the argument, but she thought at the same time, she said, well, it tastes just fine now. I don't know why you have to dig a hole. Yeah. And, uh, ah, you know, oh, the yeah. logic came out. See, now yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. 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 So, well, <laughs> now I've got the boys asking, hey, Mom, can we dig a hole this weekend? Yeah. And uh, so I've. It's see, for yeah. safety purposes. That's you right. You don't want the exposed coals. Yeah. Plus, yeah, you're covering exactly. it, you're covering it back up. we got three young children that like hey, to play. Uh, hey, mm. tell her from somebody who's had a burn accident before in their life, it's not fun. You're doing this. You're thinking about your kids. That's what you're doing. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I've had hot coals fall between my toes uh, with flip flops on. Yeah, it's. Uh, I got some nice scars from from stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> hey, Bill George. Yes. Hey, so th- again, thank you very much for uh, helping me out with or schooling me through how to get uh, you know gator tags. It's for Clay County. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the uh, preferred location but it'll do hey well we're gonna have to go try and find a place to go oh you know? so you got you got your tags so you're gonna take the whole uh the whole crew with you you're gonna take all them boys down there oh well the the youngest one i, I can't take him because he'll try to jump in and wrestle the gator um we'll so just tie a rope I, to him 
Yeah, well, exactly. Well, no, he said he's going to pet the gator first, but uh, which I don't know if they uh, – I'm not sure if they're like cats where they like to be pet under the chin and, and stuff like that. But uh, uh, I'm going to take the uh, the two oldest on one hunt with me, and then the other hunt I'm going to take an active-duty Marine with me. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to suggest, you know, if your young son wanted to pet one, they they get very docile after the uh, forty four mag introduction, usually via bang stick. They get they get pretty gentle. You can yeah. pet them all you want to. Then, if, if I, we live catch one, if we live catch one, you can pet them. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that'll be well, fun. Did you guys see the uh, story out of uh, Sarasota County with the guy that I, I don't know if the guy lost his leg or not, but they were going to euthanize the gator that. Uh, the bit of this guy. Yeah. And uh, well, I spoke with, and I, I spoke, I have a lot of buddies that are sheriff's deputies down there, like in the, the sheriff's office. And they said the policy, because I said, hey, you don't need to euthanize the game. This, this knucklehead was in its environment, and it was just doing what it does, whether it was protecting a nest or just, you know, natural insects coming out. And they said that the, and I don't know if this is a county or a state policy, but what they said was once they tasted human blood, they have to put them down. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's a FWC thing. It's it's not a it's not a county thing. It's statewide, okay. and FWC if it, if it's done that, it doesn't even matter. It 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 can't even be sold into the restaurant industry. It is disposed of. Yeah, because um, it, you know what it is. It's not because they taste human blood. It's because they now know that that's edible. That's the way yeah. they they look at it. Is they go oh. This thing bleeds and uh, is soft and chewy and has a taste to it, just like the, that yeah. pig I ate last week. So it's, it's now another food element I can add to the repertoire. And any alligator over four foot that is caught in the nuisance program, none right. of those alligators go back into public circulation. Yeah. They're either dispatched, relocated to an alligator farm for later dispatch. Or goes to someplace like a zoo or someplace like that. They don't get to go to a happy, jolly farm out in the country. Zero gators over four foot go back into the population. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of what the media tells you. So, you know, people sit there and say, oh, it's going to go some. No. No, 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 no. That alligator's done living a, a free life. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's. And it's unfortunate that you have people like that that make those kind of misjudgments. You know, the guy that was swimming in that pond, and now he he's highlighted that alligator, you know, who's, you know, because we have a few alligators in our, our neighborhood, and they don't bother anybody. Um, you know, I think it's good that we have them uh, just to show the boys, like, you know, what to look for with alligators with, you know, the rutting on the banks and, and stuff yeah. like that. And, hey, it's, you know, that that's how you know that an alligator is there is, is by the ruts and, you know, by the little bubbles and stuff like that. It's an education sure. process for it kids. It is. Well, Bill, we got to take a hard break, man. Thanks for the call. Give yeah, us a call no as problem. you get, uh, get closer to uh, meat trade day. Let us know. Like yeah, it, I sure will. Like All right. You, like, July seventeenth, be out at G five doing a gator seminar too. Oh yeah, come by. Bring the boys. Let them go. Go July good nuts. Yeah. Okay. No, sounds good. Thank you. All right, man. All right. See get, you later. Get out of here. Good. All right. Yeah. Bill Burkett, Porkinic Barbecue, of course. Not that he owns a store. There is no organic uh, food truck or anything like that. He just goes out, does it at contests, does it to raise money, give it all back to veterans, hang out and do his thing. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by... Oh, what is that?
Outdoors, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brady Jonathan and uh, Bill George just sitting here uh, looking out the AccuWeather window here in the studio, and it is uh, coming down in buckets. Frog Strangler. It's coming down almost at, uh, what is that, a uh, 35, 45-degree angle. It's... It's coming down pretty good. Hey, my truck's getting washed. It's uh, your mic's not on. It's getting your mic's not on. So uh, uh, it's coming down pretty good and pretty, coming down pretty hard. So just be prepared. I'm sure it's going to be heading out towards uh, the Hard Franklin Bridge. Alan's Alan. on the Alan's on the phone. He called during the break and we I lost him and now he's back. Good morning, Alan. Hey, how are you guys? How how What's are up, you? Brother? Uh, you know, working. Work? Are you getting rained on as we speak? Oh, yeah. It's pouring. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Doing a little uh, storm prep here at work. <laughs> now, now you, what man. does y'all storm prep consist of? Because uh, nobody knows how to panic like the government. Oh, oh yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah they, they do a pretty good job uh, on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listening uh, to Bill's call, you know, and having met his, his uh, three young boys. I don't think you want to assign them boys to hold duty. Yeah, uh, you might with their energy level, you might get a, a sinkhole to I have met this whole them. subdivision. Yeah, I, I have met them. I think your mom knows that, and that's why she put the kibosh on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, she's like, ah, uh, you know, I have those same kids. I live in the same house, so no, Bill, you are not giving them shovels. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. For, for my yard, no way. Not unless she wanted a new ditch, uh, you know, running through there, or perhaps a pool. They need to send them boys down to Sunrise and say, hey, just go in there and dig and find yeah. them. And we'll get them. Anybody's alive, we'll get them out in about 45 minutes. You know oh. what, though? I, I, love, um, I love seeing boys like that where you have three brothers who are as, you know, as, as tight as they are. They don't do anything without each other for the most part. But they are when – you, when you see those things on TV, they go, oh, he is all boy. You know, he are, he's pure boy. Uh, they remind they remind me of when I was a kid with my friends. We were like that. I mean, they'll go anywhere, do anything, jump on anything, swim on anything, get try anything. I mean, they're just they are one hundred percent boy man. Seriously, yeah, they are they are wide open like the lab puppies. <laughs> That's a perfect and, description. And, yeah, and I am one of three boys, so I look at them, and all I could look at is mama and say, "Oh, poor mama." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. feel sorry for our guys like uh, Justin, our old producer, who's in a in a house. What has he got? Four, four or five girls now. He's the only male, and so uh, you know, for him, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, but uh, with mom, there's not a dry toilet seat in the house. Not with all them boys in the house This is my bath This is mom's bathroom No one goes in there but her That kind of thing Yeah Well I was going to ask y'all a question I I got a uh, I came into a uh, A Marlin uh, In 35 Remington Nice uh, It came with uh, With the The sweetie or the deal came with 70 rounds Of those PSPs 150 grain can you safely use those in, in a lever action, or should you probably stay away from that? Uh, you're really not supposed to put a uh, – unless it's a flat point uh, power, but if it's a pointed uh, power soft point, what? then uh, you're not supposed to put them in a tube magazine for a lever action. That's a pl- uh, plus – that's uh, like a hot load, right? 
No, no, that's the 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 uh, PowerPoint, uh, the PowerSoft, the, 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 the PSP. Yeah, it's not really a spritzer. It's not really pointy. It's got that kind of little soft lead on the end of it. Well, well I, it's if, not a round nose like it should have, but I figure nothing else. I can just carry it with two rounds. If it's a round nose or if it's a flat nose like you used to always see on the 3030s, you know, the 150 grains. Right. Right. Um, yeah, okay. Well, you, you can use those. But anything that's a spritzer or a ballistic tip or anything like that, that'd be a, not only a no, it's a big H no. I, I, have uh, a, yeah. I have a 35 Remington that was my grandfather's, a real old one. And the tube actually had grooves in it. So that when the bullets are down in that tube, that it actually offsets that bullet. Yeah, so I remember that those. So the point oh, is yeah. not sitting on the primer of the other one. And that's where your real issue comes in, is that right. when you pull that trigger, if that if that point is up against the primer of the one up in front of it, it can detonate that. A little jarring. When, when you do that. So yeah, the I've bottom had people line say, is. Yeah, go ahead, go forward. And I've had people say, no, I wouldn't do it. And I'll probably hear Because I did, I did, I did. Get uh, thirty rounds of the round nose, you know the two hundred grain with it. The, so the two, I'll probably just stick with that. I can tell you the two hundred grain round nose, absolutely devastating. You will knock whatever you hit off its feet. Yeah, it may get back up, but you're going to knock it off its I, feet. I will say this: that right. one thing I've always been impressed about the thirty five Remington is, it's one of those rounds that you. Uh, you hate to say it, but it's almost like no matter where you hit that thing in the body, it's going to die. You know, I, right. I watched Jason uh, did a, hex, a Texas heart shot on a deer one time with a thirty-five Remington. It went through the rear ham, all the way down through, uh, followed the spine, and then actually angled back down and went through the rib cage right next to the heart. Literally from wow. from from a point A to, to point B. Uh, and it carried devastation all the way through that entire but, critter. But my gun can shoot those pointy tips, so if you don't feel safe shooting them, let me know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know what? I we can uh, we can work something out. Yeah, there no, you go. You want to keep that? You you don't want to get rid of that thing, man. That's that's an awesome round. It's a great gun. I mean, seriously. No, no, just the just the pointy no, just rounds. The oh, just the bullets. Okay, just the pointy rounds. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That'd be a good well, trade. I thought about it just uh, you know. Picking up a set of reloading dies and just taking it and shooting them one at a time and creating brass. Yeah, well, if you if you turn around, I have a set of dies. If you need to borrow them, you, I probably let you use them. I don't do a lot of reloading for the thirty five since since I started shooting the three hundred mostly. So yeah, but well, uh, I got a thirty five Wheeling as well. So my I mine's got, a pump. I do have some excess bullets. So. Mine's a pump, and I can tell you. Um, I think mine can hold like nine rounds, and my brother emptied it at a deer one time. <laughs> Had everybody scared. On Wait, a deer that's drive. nine nine in the tube, one in the chamber, yeah, or is that like, uh, like so it'll hold ten together? No, no, nine like nine total. Oh, uh, okay, nine total. That seems like an odd number. <laughs> Eight in the tube, one in the chamber. My my. 300 can only hold four. I'm not caring about that. I'm talking about the three, uh, 35 Remington. We'll go bring it in here. And we'll, yeah, we sure. We'll load it right here in the studio. I'm sure the Beasleys wouldn't mind whatsoever. 
Yeah, uh, I can't be any liability with that. Yeah, <laughs> racking rounds in there. Oh, no. This was recorded on a remote. What are you talking about? <laughs> Out in the parking lot. Yeah, sure. Hey, the worst one was the remote where we were at the church and everybody started pulling out their weapons. That, yeah, was, the well, that was a little different. <laughs> that was the safest wild game dinner you've ever been to. What are you talking about? That, that is true. But well, congratulations on your newfound uh, weaponry. That's you got yourself a good one. Seriously. It's a great yeah, rifle. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm thinking it ought to be pretty devastating on hogs. So, oh yeah, it'll work. And it, yeah. and it came with a, it came scoped, so you can uh, scope and seventy rounds of ammo and a sling. You know, not too bad a deal. Did, did they permanently mount the scope, or did they mount it where you can still use your iron sights? They permanently mounted it, but you know, see mine. It is my grandfather had where you could actually the tilt the scope out of the way. It's like on a hinge. And it comes back and oh, nice. it rests back down. It, it was kind of neat. That's you know? nice. And then, of course, everybody used to used to be sacrilegious to put a scope on a lever action gun, you know, because yeah. especially with a ninety four until they came up with angle eject, uh, you know, it was just not practical on those. And then when Marlin came along with the side eject, it was a marriage, man. I mean, a lot of guys are like, yeah. you, know, you can't put a scope on a brush gun like that. It just, just defeats the purpose. I'm like, dude. A what? A brush gun? Yeah. Just, you know, they call it a brush gun. Because, you know, I love those people that go, I bought a 35 Remington. You know, if I got to shoot through the bushes at something, I'm going, if you're shooting through bushes at something, you shouldn't be shooting at something in bushes. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I mean, it could be uh, Farmer John over there uh, taking his morning constitutional over there, and you're pumping well, a 35 Remington that, round through him, man. That's you know, brush like gun. I said, that 200 grain bullet, devastating, devastating. Um, it is. It's a good round. It really is. That soft point, man. It gets. It makes a big old hole, it, yeah. and it transfers well, no, and that energy. The other reason they always called it a brush gun when we were doing it was because you were usually shooting them at close range, and you like to knock them down so they don't go into the brush, and you had to track them. Or you were hunting in brush where it was thick and it was a short gun, and you could, it was light and easy to carry around. But I don't know how well, many maybe, people tell me that they, you know, that's oh, I get it that way. You know, if you got to shoot through some limbs and stuff, and I'm like, what? What are you saying, bro? Are you nuts? Maybe it's because if you shoot a doe with it here, you're going to need the brush into this dustpan to get up what's left. Yeah, yeah that could be hey, uh, brush it hey, up into hey, a pile. Easy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Shooting them Dobermans. Yeah, man. Well, good luck this year. You got your place all set up, everything ready to go? Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Well, you know, this, yeah. is, this is the hey. time of year to get on it, man, if you're going to do food plots and clean up and do all the bill george stuff now's the time to get it going what's what's your number one hurricane prep advice uh have plenty of uh bourbon (laughs) plenty of bourbon (laughs) spoken like a true floridian (laughs) yeah rum and ice you gotta have ice you know you gotta have some ice in there somewhere too well be careful out there today alan it's gonna be wet and nasty oh yeah all right, boys. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care, brother. Be careful. See you, buddy. All right, bye. Yeah, uh, hurricane preparedness. I think um, we gotta give away tickets. Yeah, better hurry up. <laughs> you wanna do it now? Yeah. Well, do it now. Caller number four. What? Caller number four wins a pair of uh, tickets to go out to Lakeland. What is the uh, expo open call? season expo? Open season expo. It's July twenty third uh, through the twenty sixth. 25th. 25th through the 27th. 23rd through the 25th. 23rd through the 25th. 
Friday, now I don't Saturday, know when it's going to be happening. July twenty third through the twenty fifth. The weekend after the Gator Seminar. Yes. Yeah. I We're going to be busy boys. In I, don't July. Even, I don't even know when that is either. But uh, so it'll all be good. If you'd like to win a pair of them, be caller number four, and we'll get your name on the list, and that way you can show up and go. Yeah, eight 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 four zero four ten ten. That's triple eight four zero four ten ten, and uh, be caller number four, and you'll get yourself a pair of tickets to go out and hang out with everybody out at the expo. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know we talked in the past. You know, there's a lot of people in the outdoor industry. These things um, we use all. We're all getting together and and whatnot, and having a good time. I I always laugh when I turn around. I go to one of these things and i look and i see somebody with about a three-month-old kid and i'm like uh-huh last year last year <laughs> surprise enjoy <laughs> it's not all about hunting in november all right we're gonna take a break it is the big and wild outdoors we're brought to you by brandon ford stay there hour three is right around the corner